Dr. Grant, Dr. Sattler, welcome to Everything You Remember Sucks. The movie blows its fucking load with that song on the helicopter ride. I know, right? They spoil it so much earlier, but yeah. you know, such a good song. What are uh, they thinking? It's not even. It's not even like the whole like majestic part of the helicopter. It's the landing sequence when they're like almost dying, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna keep this plane in the background." I, it's 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 truly baffling, guys. Uh, as uh, Doctor Hammond so aptly put welcome to everything you remember sucks i'm your enigmatic scientist uh anoop i'm your former enigmatic scientist matt i'm wannabe sexy jeff goldblum colleen okay i'm gonna take it from the top colleen you're gonna be i'm your clever girl colleen (laughs) just just one more time right there (laughs) yep no no i think we all aspire to be sexy jeff goldblum i think that's a perfectly i mean that would be the one that dr ian malcolm has big energy he can get it he can get it i you know sexuality is a spectrum and i'm right on the spectrum where it's like oh yeah jeff bloom could probably get it (laughs) he's just like that scene i forgot about that scene even being in it and he's just injured and just like shirt like his shirt's unbuttoned whoo getting hot thinking about it yeah, yeah, it's it's not the Texas heat that's doing it. It's not. Woo! It's it's not Jeff Goldblum's Texas heat that's doing it. Yeah, he's got his own. He's got his own heat about him. Yeah, he really does. That uh, is God. like his central character point, though. So like, you guys aren't doing anything like. Well, like, like his character is disgusting and a sleazeball, but he looks good doing it. You know, it's all the leather. Just like shut your mouth and look pretty. Thank you. I think he's yeah. pretty funny in the movie. I mean, he I plays it well. He's got bits. He's got bits. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he's got bits. <laughs> he's got he's got a few bits. <laughs> Guys, what's your relationship with Jurassic Park? That's a good question. Do we even do this for Casper? No. Okay. Who cares? Um. Yeah. So sorry, Casper was an episode that would have. You two losers hosted. When it's in a noop week, we do things formally. We have we have sort of a methodology. Scott, we have intro bits. We play music. You know what? You listeners, you know they say, "Oh, two weeks of filler." Then we get in a noop week. And I, <laughs> you know, and this is an a noop week that doesn't feature Tim Allen. So already they're they're overjoyed. Yeah, it's jokes kind of on a big listeners because we put like eighteen months in between the noops episodes just to. uh really stick it to him yeah yeah well you know availability is a different thing i mean half the anoop episodes i'm not even in that's just my <laughs> understudy <laughs> um i think like jurassic park was one of those movies i don't remember my first time watching it definitely watched it growing up it was definitely the first like intro to more scary movies i remember watching because it's like it's scary but it's manageable like just more suspenseful. That's fair. But I remember it being awesome because everyone loves dinosaurs. Like all of my extended family was obsessed with Jurassic Park and dinosaurs. And I also vividly remember going to the Universal Studios Park that is Jurassic Park themed. I'm sure they probably tore that down now because they're like, no kid relates to this anymore. 
Oh, um, it's all Jurassic World stuff now. Mm-hmm. They, they, they like pared it down, and then now it's ramping back up. Oh, uh, okay, right. I guess it's relevant again. Mm-hmm. Um, that was awesome, too, because they have all of the like animatronics from this movie, and they look really good, and there's a really cool ride. I, like, it just clicked in my brain that, of course, that's why Disney reboots all these old movies because they have all these characters that kids don't watch anymore. Like, of course you want to reboot Aladdin. Of course you want to do Mulan. Of course you want to do Lion King again. Because you got you spent money on attractions at parks that have to do with those themes. So, of course you're going to... Oh, why did I never think of that before? It's also just easier. Well, yeah, it's also the lazy way out, but it's, it's easier and it's cheaper. That's true. Yeah. My mind is blown right now. They also apparently don't have to be good. So, no. you know, there's that. They don't. They don't have to be even a little good to make a lot of money. <laughs> what about you, Colleen? Your Jurassic Park? I don't remember the first time I saw Jurassic Park. Um, I don't remember thinking it was scary. And I think it's just because... In my head, I think scary movies to me are movies that could happen to me and like Jurassic Park's just not going to happen to me. So in my head, I wasn't scared by it. Whereas like somebody, you know, murdering me is is realistic and could happen. But I'm definitely not going to be eaten by a dinosaur. So I remember not being scared by it. Guess but... I gotta cancel those tickets. <laughs> expensive. <laughs> I also might have watched it when i was older i can't remember but i do just vividly remember the music and how much i love it and then my last memory of it was probably katie's 30th birthday remember yeah Yeah, when we they like yeah they rented out a theater in boston and and we held a birthday party for her and we watched jurassic park it's one of her favorite movies that's a very good choice. Uh, this is a good ass movie. Yeah, yeah I definitely seen Jurassic Park before, and obviously Jurassic Park memes are such a thing. There's like so much from Jurassic Park that's just like quoted and memed to hell. So like I knew a lot of this movie, but I feel like there were large portions of it that I forgot, and uh, I just forgot how well it it would hold, or it's like how good of a movie it is, just how well constructed it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, there's I probably just going to be more bits of this episode because I don't actually have a lot to criticize the movie. Yeah, about. I think this is probably the best movie we've done. Like, I think if it's like the best content we've done is preferential. If you like games, I think video games are probably the only thing that like maybe comes close because we did Halo. We yeah. Did Resident Evil Four, which is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You guys suck. You're a torture genius. We get it. I, no, yeah. it's a good game. It's not you. You're not a torture genius if you're torturing yourself with <laughs> shitty fucking games. God. <laughs> but this is you the best. brought it up. You... Maybe the only other contender for best movie we've done is somehow Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest was a good movie. Well, it's almost as though I pick good movies <laughs> and also terrible movies. Yeah, it's this weird, spe- cruel yeah. spectrum. I feel like yep. every time I go to pick an actually good movie, y'all give me shit for it. You're like, uh, the premise of our podcast is to do bad stuff. And we kind of like, just right. tumbled into Jurassic Park this we, week. We kind of just did Jurassic Park by accident this time. <laughs> but you yes. Just, you can't brag about picking good, because whenever I pick a good movie, I get shit for it. No, I'm not saying like, wow, I can't believe we finally found a good movie. <laughs> like, that is not the challenge yeah, of this podcast. Yeah, I, I suppose if we wanted this to be a good movie podcast, we could <laughs> right. watch good movies. Um, it's more just like, I think if you're going to compare to the rest of the catalog, it's really good. The least to bash on on the, yeah. the movie itself. 
I, mean, I was just expecting to dislike something about this movie. And there are a few things with Dr. Sattler that I didn't like. Like, because she's very smart. And then they just make her really dumb for, like, scenes where they need her to be really dumb. And I'm like, you could, like, she's supposed to be a, a fucking paleobotanist. Like, she should be smarter than this. But otherwise, there it, it's just, it's a pretty solid movie. Also, that uh, kid is a goober <laughs> to yeah. me. It's a goober. Yeah, I, I guess it goober. does hit that prereq. There is a yeah, goober yeah. in the movie. There's, there's, a, he's, he's right up there with the redhead kid from Barty. I was <laughs> just about to say, I wish he was just redheaded so that we could just keep this train going. Yeah, no, they dyed his head hair for the movie. <laughs> I knew it would rip on him too hard. It's actually uh, the same kid. Almost thirty years later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So we, I, I, we'll still do the play by play. Maybe we'll go a bit quicker because there will be. Like, who doesn't know it? You know what I mean? Well, there are scenes from this movie where I'm like, oh, the yeah. The whole this beginning comes first. of this movie, I did not remember at all. Right, right. So, this movie pops off at about an hour. And so, I think most people know an hour on pretty well, right? But the first hour, there's a lot of buildup. And that's actually one of the things I like about this movie is they really like establish the hell out of all their characters. They take an hour just to like build out their cast and build out their personality. Uh, you start with just the tease, where uh, you see how shitty the security situation on Isla Nubar is, uh, because they they they're transporting a Velociraptor, and they use like a cage that can easily be shifted just by movement of the Velociraptor, and they lose a guard to it. And I'm like, no wonder the fucking investors are concerned about this. This is concerning. Yeah, it's. Clear that they do not have their shit together from the start, which yeah. is honestly like a good part of the movie, like that, you know, the risk is real. And it's not like, I mean, it's obviously sabotaged in a way by um, God, what's the coder's name? Newman. I am Newman. Okay. Status <laughs> um, <laughs> Nedry. But yes. yeah, Nedry. Okay. We um, will henceforth refer to him as Newman. Fair. But yeah. like the... <laughs> The park itself is just like barely strung together in terms of safety. And you get this with this little tease. So it's like, I think more believable. I mean, it's a park with fucking dinosaurs, but it's more believable that like shit's going to suck and everyone's going to get terrorized by dinosaurs. So when it happens or what you're waiting it to happen, you're just like, well, what's going to go wrong? Because clearly they can't even put a velociraptor in a box. So yeah, I feel like did they even need Newman's character in general like they started it off by showing that the park was not safe so like you didn't even need him to sabotage you know what I mean he gives the fatal flaw for things to like really go off the rails because he turns the fences off which is like how the dinosaurs like break their paddocks but I'm pretty sure like yes you don't need that character but it works I think it works I think it, it further illustrates the failing of John Hammond because he has he he's cutting so many quarters and he's put so much on one guy and like but he's not even compensating that guy for how much his park is dependent on him yeah uh you know we only have sort of a few lines to indicate that for whatever reason uh newman feels as though he's not being paid well enough uh and john hammond intonates that somehow this is newman's fault himself like that he fucked up in it in taking this job or whatever it might be but he put that person in that p- 
position of power, but then at the same time didn't compensate him well for having that position of power. Yeah. And then he's all fucking surprised Pikachu when that guy's like, fuck you, I'm gonna steal your shit. Get out of here. You know, I don't remember identifying with Newman so much with his character in this movie until I watched it now as an adult where I'm like, yeah, you should be paying him a fair wage. He's the only guy keeping this whole place secure. He did bid on Eat it. Eat the fucking The capitalist rich. in me is like, Eat well, that's his rich. bid. Sorry. Well, so that's his bid, but like, that's another over... Like, why are you bidding and then having one guy in charge of your entire fucking IT infrastructure? Like, there's so few people on this island. I appreciate that a bunch of them sail away at the halfway point of the movie, theoretically. Yeah. yeah. Also doesn't make a ton of sense, nope. but sure, they sail away at, into the hurricane. <laughs> Or away from the hurricane. They set sail in a hurricane. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but sure. A bunch of the cast leaves at one point in time. That's fine. How is this island functioning essentially on the backs of Samuel L. Jackson, Dennis Nedry, and this one guy who wants to shoot dinosaurs? Well, I mean, I think the two things this movie is trying to communicate is like, fear of tampering with genetics which is the big theme in the book and then fear of computers and like over dependency on the technology because like the whole b plot of not trying to survive the dinosaurs but get the island back and running is just like dealing with computers and like all of the compromises that their park has because of this like so i think it's just like very 1994 in that sense where it's like the computers can do everything. And it's like, just wait. I think the real lesson out of this movie should have been that I'm assuming he's a millionaire, maybe a billionaire. Probably billionaire. Probably billionaire. To be able to support. To be able to support that side. I mean, but how much money is he even spending on his park if he's only having like 10 staff members? I think the bigger thing we should take away from this movie is that you should compensate your employees and also have a better business plan. He couldn't afford them. He got the expensive ice cream. He did get the and expensive ice cream. You think that it. was all just Hagen does? He couldn't have eaten all of it. I mean, he ate it all with, with Laura Dern. Or he let him okay. melt like a some, little monster. If somebody is offering you an ice cream party with Laura Dern, I guess you'd probably eat a lot of fucking yeah, ice cream. Yeah, you, you say yes to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't turn that down. We'll get there. Let, let, wish, let's keep... I really want... Yeah, let... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Kali. I was just going to say, I just... I want to channel my inner Laura Dern in this movie. I guess You're this close. outfit that I'm wearing yeah. is actually pretty close. Unfortunately, I'm not six foot tall and 100 pounds, so I don't pull it off as it's well as she does. Who is, right? I mean, Except Laura, Laura Dern. Dern. Yeah, yeah she's, she's a hottie. She's a hottie. She's a great A hottie. She's also very talented. She's, yeah, sure. I mean, she's also a hottie. She's also still a hottie. You know what I mean? Like, this was 93. Did you see her in, uh, what's that show we watched on HBO? Big Little Eyes smoke show let's just start the laura dern show as our other podcast yeah can we just talk about laura dern and jeff goldblum forever thanks sure they're just okay thanks for listening guys we gotta go record a different (laughs) podcast a different arguably better podcast (laughs) okay so we've gotten uh to the first scene (laughs) we didn't even get through the first scene pretty much and basically just yeah, yeah. like a velociraptor does something and we were like so this is the interesting thing about this plot synopsis on wikipedia too is this first hour is like three paragraphs and then <laughs> it's like 
five or like there's way more about the second half of the movie but arguably to me the first half of the movie is much more important well yeah like they it is like you said it is all the build-up that makes the second half of the movie even work because there isn't much in terms of like i don't know spectacle like it's a cool movie in the sense that the dinosaur effects look still good they probably looked they probably looked amazing for 93 but like like the the scenes themselves when they actually encounter the dinosaurs is not that like otherworldly that you're like wow this is like the most revolutionary movie so i agree with you that the first half is like super important to make this whole thing work yeah yeah so velociraptor scene then we go to a mining scene yep. where they're talking about john hammond a lawyer shows up says like the investors are concerned i need to see john hammond one of john hammond's lead uh miners is talking about how oh john hammond doesn't like red tape doesn't like checkups like establishing john hammond as a character just while he's off screen uh great writing by my measure uh and then he says oh john hammond's seeing this guy dr grant uh he and i are similar we're both diggers and then we cut to dr grant and dr sattler our main characters at a dig site we establish that dr grant fucking really hates kids <laughs> yeah like, like gets to the point where almost is fantasizing about killing a child yeah like in-depth describes how a kid would get killed by a velociraptor to the kid to himself uh they I think really i would have enjoyed that, that plot point more if it were flipped and it was laura dern that did not like children i think and she learned to love children that would have been nice it would have been a change like a, a nice flip of the gender norm yeah. but in 1993 like, oh, how original a man that doesn't like children wow <laughs> but d- don't you think in another way that that's even more regressive it's like this stupid uppity woman is taught by trauma that she's supposed to like kids and that's that's what she's supposed to like and how dare she be an independent woman who cares about her paleobotanary career this is a, like, no, like his liking kids is my least favorite character flaw or not liking kids of any of the characters in the movies yeah so like i could just do without his like yeah it doesn't it, i get that that's like supposed to be his arc i don't need it yeah it's not just a very totally good forgettable arc. like yeah. compared to the other characters it's just like well and it's funny because they decide to do it again in Jurassic World. And they do do it with the woman that time. And it is super regressive that time. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say you're super wrong, Colleen. But Maybe when they tried they to do it. they just didn't do it well. Yeah, I mean, they did it really poorly. Uh, yeah, in Jurassic World. This one also not done the best, but not the worst. It's just like, that's a chosen character trait. I think they could have easily cut it out. And it could have easily just been that he didn't want to spend the trip hanging out with two kids. Yeah. Or they could have made it that he doesn't like like entertaining people about paleontology, but he's doing these tours because they like fund his research. So yeah. that's why he does it. I mean, There's a lot of different things they could have done twisting that character. I yeah. think the other thing that uh, or detracts for me from that is just that his relationship with Dr. Sadler is like not fundamental to the plot either, like yeah. heavily implied and obviously they're they're a couple um and really the only el- other payoff of that is not even really that much pushing back on Ian Malcolm like just gives like a foil to him being a total creep, but yeah. Yeah, like 
since that is also just not really heavily leaned upon like their relationship the fact that he also doesn't like kids like it's not adding anything to his character in my opinion yeah do they they don't they don't have like a kiss scene or anything right it's just i don't think there's anything intimate or the physical only or... physical thing that you see is at the very beginning and i think it might have been an accident but it's when they're at their dig site and he like totally touches her butt and that's it that's it but yeah, I mean, it could have easily that. been like they were like going to walk away and it could have been by accident but it was yeah it... and he's just a big fan of denim so that's well, yeah. Yeah. yeah denim, denim, denim. denim. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's a look i mean i just don't it's fine it's fine yeah um yeah we then get we already get the seed planted that computers are the worst because they're doing this like ultrasonic scan of the ground to find more um fossils um and then we get a helicopter ominously coming up and like destroying the entire dig site and blasting sand everywhere and causing chaos and everyone's super mad it's pretty rude of him it is extremely rude of him i mean it it like well i mean it's also perfect for dr hammond's character because he's like well your job doesn't matter any fucking more i brought dinosaurs back like He's yeah. so um, dismissive of anyone else's like point of views or progress. He's just like so like all consumed with what he's doing. Like even though he promises to fund them, I'm sure it's just like a farce where he's like, "Fund you for what? Like we get fresh bones from now on." Yeah, it's it's an interesting theory, and they don't get it in writing or anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a handshake deal. Yes, I will fund you for the next three years. Who knows? Um, but he manages to convince them to join him on this trip, this nebulous trip, which they apparently ask nothing further about. Just, okay, we'll go. I guess that's a lot of money. Maybe that you wouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth that way, but they, they are flying in a helicopter to an island. You'd think people would be like a little bit more curious about where they're going. Yeah, I was pretty surprised that they just got in that helicopter and it's like, excuse me, I need a, a little backstory. I need a little information on where I'm going. No, just go. Just Would go. you just and get they're... like somebody walks, some millionaire billionaire walks up to you and is like, all right, I need you hop in my helicopter. Do you go this year? Yeah, because I'm bored as shit. So it's like, whatever. what if they're taking to you, you to like an epicenter of of COVID and everyone there? He's just flying everyone with COVID together. All right. Lost that bet. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a bet. You know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, the, they lose this bet. They get terrorized by dinosaurs. That's true. 50-50 in my mind. So you do it? You'd hop in a... <laughs> I've never been in a helicopter. Even that. I'd be like, well, at least I'm getting a helicopter, know. right? I don't know. If 2020 has taught me anything, <laughs> it's maybe don't get in a helicopter. That's what I'm going to say. Fair. I feel like that's even, especially now, it's even worse. I wouldn't get in it. I'm also a female, so I'm not just going to get in some billionaire dude's helicopter. It's a female billionaire. Well, it wasn't, but if it was, maybe. See? Yeah. They take multiple helicopters because it's not yeah, the it's helicopter. It's a lot of helicopters. I'm not, yeah. it's, it's, helicopter is the main form of conveyance. How far can <laughs> helicopters go? No, they have to like go to an airport. They, I think they talk about a jet fly to Costa Rica. So they take a helicopter to a jet, a jet. To Costa Rica. To Costa Rica, and then another heli- or helicopter to get to the island? Yeah. That's pretty yeah. wild. 
How the island is, according to Google, apparently 120 miles off the coast of Costa Rica. I was looking that up because I was thinking about is that ship feasibly going to get to Costa? Because that's what the no. the line is: is that they're going back to mainland. They wouldn't uh, make it. <laughs> they wouldn't make it. Also, they are on a body of land. Like, why? I don't Isla know. It's a... seems large enough. Well, they're not even. I don't even know if they actually confirm they leave. Like, I think they're talking about like they may or may not depart anyway. Like, I don't. I. I don't. I'm trying to build like reasoning for them it makes no sense they would just wait the storm out yeah exactly um besides the point uh they end up on a helicopter we're introduced to dr ian malcolm he's saying some stuff about chaos theory uh and we meet our stuffy lawyer our requisite 90s stuffy lawyer character that must be in all movies from the 90s yeah absolutely Uh, i think they all share the same suit yeah, they just busted out of a wardrobe, and they're like, he, "All right." He very much reminded me of the uh, lawyer in Scrubs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He does a good job, though. I mean, he's, yeah. he's exactly that type of character. He does it perfectly fine. Yep. Uh, they get to the island. Um, they, as you guys noted, they totally blow their load uh, in terms of the intro song the amazing jurassic park theme song being played just while they're flying through an island i mean i mean like it's pretty vaguely epic yeah it's it's pretty whatever but like what are we doing no the first time you see a dinosaur why would you do it when you're like oh look like they've already clearly obviously been in two helicopters and a jet so why 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 is the third helicopter one the fancy one my problem isn't even as much like the reveal for the island it's that the music overstays its welcome because there's like this long scene that's just meant to show that Dr. Grant is adaptable because he ties the two butt ends of a seatbelt together when they're descending. And the music so plays weird. through all of this. It's like... Yeah. This movie is 126 minutes. Relatively tight film. Yeah. All things considered. Two hours. For the 90s, I'm, I, that's pretty long. Yeah. But relatively... But there are some scenes where I'm like, why the fuck are we doing this? Like, yeah. what, are, what are we establishing in terms of the character that, like, ah, oh, he tied his two seatbelts together. Or it's going to be a rocky reentry. Like, screenplay-wise, just cut it. I don't know what yeah, we're saying Yeah, it doesn't here. really do anything. And, yeah. like, he's not MacGyvering his way out of these scenarios. Like, Right, right. So uh, the whole drive scene in is great because, like, you have little comments from Dr. Sattler where she's like, these plants don't make sense. Like... They, you know, they have a weird appearance and you have some jibes from uh, from Malcolm and it's like there's there's stuff going on in that scene, right? The helicopter ride, essentially after they enter the island to the point where they land, there's this long scene of the helicopter going around and cutting back to Dr. Grant struggling with his seatbelt. I'm like, I guess it was an attempt to be funny, but I'm like, you're kind of in this delicate rising action here where it's like, okay, we're going to this island. We don't really know what's going to happen on the island. Like, so it's kind of strange. Right. You don't need to cut the tension. Well, like, I live mean, in it. Even if in a world before trailers, and I'm sure like this movie, like saying that this movie probably had the dinosaurs in the trailer. The di- The dinosaurs are established as in existence in the cold open effectively yeah Yeah. so it's not like you're building suspense of like well what are they gonna find on this island you're just like taking away from the reveal like by adding this padding it's like all right 
just 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 show me the fucking dinosaurs. Yeah, I would have liked this scene. I think the music would have been good in the scene if while they were in the helicopter and they were flying over the island, you could see dinosaurs. Yeah. But you can't see. It's just like trees. And you're like, okay, so it's just a normal island. I think just save the music for the reveal, which is a perfect. The one where the big ones with the long necks are in the scene. Yeah. I think that's like a perfect. I guess it's a monster reveal, even though they aren't the monsters. But like. For those characters, like the scene where they drive up and get to stand and see dinosaurs is great. And they well, get yeah. to save it for that. And it would have been good with those dinosaurs and not the mean dinosaurs because you don't want that happy, fun, major tune to be associated with like the, the T-Rex that ends up fucking with them. You the Vegisaurus as uh, yeah. Timmy starts calling them. Yeah. As Timmy calls them, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, that, it's a little rough, but it does lead to that scene which is still really good where they drive up and admittedly this entire group terrible peripheral vision there's no way you wouldn't see these fucking dinosaurs you're driving through an open field with scarce foliage like what yeah. the fuck are we doing <laughs> like fine <laughs> the dinosaur calls conveniently start like after like they... oh yeah you could hear them in that little clip right exactly like, so yeah. it's like yeah i mean it's not perfect in terms of a logical sense but it does work really well yeah um it's a good scene and I also like how the reveal just like re like in reality, like if you were to find out dinosaurs were brought back from the dead, like just completely flips your worldview over. Like, yeah, they're he almost stunned. faints in that scene. Yeah, he's like sitting, and, and Doctor Sattler comes over and says, "Put your head between your legs. Calm down. You're okay." Yeah, like that <laughs> is like the a very real moment. Like that's what yeah. would actually happen for these people. As opposed to them just like gawking and being like, all right, well, let's get to the visitor center. <laughs> exactly. It's it's pretty well put together, I think. And, and he draw. I, I do think it's a great choice to start on a not scary dinosaur. Just just all all herbivores, as it were, because it, it's a good building of like, OK, tension. In fact, I think comparing it to a monster reveal is great. Because it's not a monster movie. Right. Because fundamentally, these aren't the monsters of the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Well, not, this isn't like me being shitty and being like, man's the true monster. Though, obviously, that is the case in everything that Crichton <laughs> does. But I'm talking about, like, the T-Rex and the Velociraptor. Yeah. Like, you do not see a Velociraptor until late in the movie. You see its eye for one shot. And then you don't see the T-Rex until it breaks out of the pen. Yep. Yeah. Like. Both yeah, excellent reveals. Very, very excellent reveals. I think they do name drop the T-Rex here. Oh, yeah, they yeah. do. They say the T-Rex can run 30 miles yeah, per hour. How fast right. can they move? Yeah, and then yeah they because something. John Hammond will not answer a fucking question. He's like, oh, how fast are the, is the uh, Brachios... The, the long neck guys. Brachiosaurus, yeah. And... John Hammond's like, well, the T-Rex runs 30 miles an hour. I'm like, fuck you, John Hammond. How fast is Veggie Dinosaur? Can't stop stroking his fucking ego. That, yeah, and yeah. don't they, they also mention something about Velociraptors at this point, don't they? And then they're like, they, wait, you brought back a Velociraptor? No, I think. No, no, or is that later? the Velociraptor during the tour. Which uh, is also a good, like, I, I mean, I think the audience, again, puts together that the first dinosaur that killed them is a Velociraptor, or they outright say it. I can't remember. Um. But, yeah, it's like the thing that comes out of the egg is a velociraptor. Oh, okay. And <laughs> oh, that's the reveal, right? Like, and they're like, oh, what kind of yeah. dinosaur is this? And yeah. also, I was like, you don't know. She's like, shit his pants, like, finding out there's velociraptors there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fair. Uh, so they go from this 
into the into the second stage of this sort of movie, which is I I I love. I think it's the best like comedy in the movie, which is establishing that Jurassic Park kind of sucks. Like it's kind of a shitty theme park. <laughs> so we get to the visitor center, and John Hammond takes them on the tour. And there's first the shitty IMAX video of John Hammond talking to himself and explaining cloning. Uh, and we meet the DNA strand that would uh, later become friends with Jimmy Fallon, but currently it's just the regular DNA strand, <laughs> and they explain how the cloning works. I think a pretty tight piece of exposition, just to get this idea, like, okay, here's your question, how did these dinosaurs come back? This is how they came back, right? Yeah, I mean, they could have cut that entirely from a popcorn movie. Like, the book is way more science-dense than the have movie is. Have you read is. the book? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, the fact that they include it is nice, and I think they do it well i don't yeah, know yeah. why the strip of dna has that accent but sure why not why why, why not to all of it right uh the animation is a, a little rough it's also interesting that they use the animation i, I get why because like you're making a movie and this is the way you're trying to con- convey that idea but like you could have used actual footage of dinosaurs because you made them. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Like you could just use the fo- but I, I, maybe it would it would defeat the purpose of later in your tour when you actually see the dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, now you're going to show me just footage of them. Yeah, oh. we don't want to blow our load again. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so they they're going through the tour. The tour, like they they get to this point where they're outside of a lab. Uh, and they're like, oh, can we go in? And John Hammond's like, oh, well, it's not part of the tour. And they just fucking bust out of the tour. Uh, again, establishing how, like, safety. John Hammond couldn't even spring for fucking security rails. That yeah, it work. takes three adults <laughs> to just bust out and then I, walk into the uh, the lab. It I, does have... Go I was going to say, I think my favorite line of the whole film is the moment when they're like, I told you we should have had the locks on the cars, like when they leave the cars. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that's... What kind of cars did they even buy that don't have safety locks on them? The scene has my favorite throwaway line from the movie, which is the lawyer being like, John, are these auto auto erotics? <laughs> yep. When he's trying to say automatronics for the, yeah. the lab employees. It's great. <laughs> Just a little one. A little one for the parents. It, it works. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and then we're in the lab scene and we get the like final exposition of like how they've beat malcolm in his chaos theory because the dinosaurs are lysine deficient and not provided what hormone i don't know some hormone during their gestation male hormone yeah whatever so they they're all female is what yeah the park says all female and dr malcolm's like well life finds a way classic line a little more understated than you as with all famous movie lines from the 90s i think they're all more understated than the meme would lead them to believe if you yeah. even the well even the welcome to jurassic park is not like that dramatic it's the music cue that comes afterwards that is dramatic i mean yeah like i feel like if you didn't know they were memes like a lot of these things are forgettable the first time you're watching the movie and then just like pop culture collective thought like wills them into being like these epic lines and they're like no they're kind of just regular movie lines yeah yeah but it's good and i like it because we can already see that like okay dr malcolm doesn't think that this park is a good idea right 
then Dr. Grant sees that they're making velociraptors, and he's like, you can see, like, oh, he's a little concerned. So they then take uh, them out to the raptor enclosure, and they show, like, how heavily fortified it is, and you have that big game hunter just talking, like, rattling off statistics about how the velociraptors can kill anything, and they're the ultimate killing machine, which is a design... Uh, an idea that therefore ruins the next few Jurassic Park movies because everybody came, became so enamored with the Velociraptors, <laughs> like to the point where Chris Pratt is a fucking Velociraptor tamer. That's just like a thing. Sure, yeah, fine. So fucking <laughs> That's insane. So stupid. Anyways, we're not criticizing that movie because it didn't come from our childhood. <laughs> um, uh so they, they do the whole raptor enclosure exploring, and then they go to a scene where they're eating lunch, uh, and they're just talking, and, like, Dr. Hammond is trying to get one of them to say that they think the park is a good idea, and none of them are giving it to him. And I legitimately think this is, like, one of the best scenes of the movie, where it's just, like, a stating of points, like, it's essentially just an ethical debate about the existence of Jurassic Park, and the fact that this movie would take time to do it is just great to me. Yeah, it starts off really strong too because the lawyer has completely flipped already and he's rattling off like his ideas of like, Oh, we'll do this or we'll do that. And like, we could charge whatever. Um, and then jokingly says like, Oh, we'll offer a coupon day. Cause like he obviously doesn't care if he knows. <laughs> yeah. Rich um, people. <laughs> and then, yeah, it turns it, it, the scene turns a bit to be, yeah, the debate around whether or not this makes sense. And I think the movie also does, a relatively competent job with the debate like Hammond brings up the good point of like oh well if I were to have brought back an endangered species or an extinct species driven out by man no one would be complaining like I would be seen as this great environmentalist um, but then you guys all have a problem because dinosaurs are dangerous um, I think it's like very real like it's I mean again I have to preface that there's no fucking dinosaur park in existence yet so not that real, but real, <laughs> relatable and understandable. I'm like, yeah, okay. All right, Dr. Yeah. Hammond, you're a dumbass, but whatever. And this is going to, I'll bring this point up again later, but I think Dr. Sattler makes the smartest point and the one that's most true to reality. And I appreciate that this, as a book and a movie, this isn't the point that they would dwell on. Well, she points out that like the plants that he has chosen are like poisonous and dangerous but he chose them because they look good. And I, I really do think that's the main point is bringing back plants from a prehistoric ecosystem could destroy the world. Yeah. Easily. Plants migrate way easier than these dinosaurs could. I, it's a plot point in the books, not so much in this, this first movie, though. It, I think it does come up in the sequels that like the dinosaurs are also getting off the island, um, which is terrifying in its own right but if the plants got off the island you could fuck up an entire ecosystem with those plants yeah like, it's it's truly one of the more I, this is me being a nerd but i'm like oh yeah that's the real shit right there what she's saying is like oh that's very very scary right uh dr malcolm speaks as a theoretical mathematician would and just kind of says like oh something's bound to go happen uh, go wrong because you're working with things that you don't understand and i when when uh when hanneman calls him a luddite you buy it because he does sound like a luddite but then i think grant and sattler bring a more realistic perspective to it where it's like oh their points are valid yeah 
Did they explain the reason why Jeff Goldblum's character is there? Because he is like the statistician. Statistician? Like he is like the one like proving out the risk and he is just like against it. And I think in Hammond's mind, if he can convince this guy who is a famous mathematician, which I don't think any exists in real life. Yeah. Super famous. Especially super sexy. Super famous, super fuckable. Like he's bringing yeah. people with clout so that if he convinces them, he basically has like pull lines, pull quotes from these people. Of like, look at how great this park is. And, you know, even Dr. Malcolm says it's safe and that sort of thing. Do you think this is like a ploy from big math, you know, trying, <laughs> to, get... trying to get it sexy? It's like, yeah. all right, we'll put Jeff Goldblum in a lot of leather. Yeah. I mean, I think it Michael Crichton didn't, didn't knew work one on fuckable math petition. And he was like, <laughs> I got this. Um, <laughs> I know. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's great. I I think it's a really, really good scene. And then it's followed by up by another scene. Uh, where we introduce ourselves to the two kid characters, and they're both—I mean, they're they're siblings. They're both goobers for sure. Uh, but Timmy is an uber goober uh, who just like starts peppering Doctor Grant with all sorts of questions and smiling like a total creep all the time. Uh, also, and I, I, this would be like any normal nerdy profession. Any person that's. In a nerdy profession, this would be their like dream come true is to have like a kid nerding up, nerding out about the thing that they nerd out about. Like if I had a kid come up to me and I'm granted, I do like children, but if I had a kid come up to me and like start talking music to me in clarinet, like I would be so fucking stoked. It would be the best thing ever. And he acts like it's like this huge chore to talk about the thing that he's passionate about. And I'm like, bullshit. Even if you don't like kids, you still like the thing that you do enough to want to talk about it. Not this You're guy. Right. I mean, he wrote a book about it. Presumably, you think that he like wants people to be excited about it, but nah, nah, just hates kids, carte blanche, all of it, hundred percent. Uh, fine. You know, it, it's it's fine. The kids- it's so unbelievable. Like Matt's never shown interest in children, but if a kid came up to you and started talking about like data shit, you'd be like, yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, that's an you talk completely about. Unbe- keep talking about how Jurassic Park is the unrealistic scenario. Yeah, that's a real that's unrealistic a, that's scenario. a greater fiction than bringing maybe video games. Like- that seems like a more uh, easy common ground to establish. I will say, the well, kids you'd are- enjoy talking about video games more. But if a kid wanted to talk data with you, you'd talk data. I'd with figure them. it out, yeah, yeah. whatever. The- you'd talk to them like they were an adult, but you'd still talk to them. Obviously. <laughs> The kids are, I think, purposefully goobers in this movie and are well acted at. Yeah, I do think in later scenes, they're very good. I think once all this, once things break bad, I think they do a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, the girl's not an uber goober. She's smart. She's an uber goober. She she trips and then forces Grant to hold her hand. It's so cringy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But then she also is like a nerdy hacker girl. The hacker also, thing. Also, the, the hacking thing is the most goobery thing that she does. <laughs> that's so 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they did lean into, like, she obviously gets her payoff. Both kids get the payoff of, like, being super into something, like, um, being a good thing, like, knowing about the dinosaurs and then also being able to um, hack and turn the system back on. But each of the goobers things gets their payoff. Um, But the kid or Timmy is like 
the whole movie is about dinosaurs and there's just one crucial plot point that they're like oh we need to fix something with computers so it's a throwaway thing that she's a hacker like yeah they don't let her thing be nearly as important um for the entire movie which is fine yeah did they even mention it before the end no that she gets called a hacker or something or like or she said like uh, someone takes uh, a jab at her for being a nerd and then she's like i prefer the term hacker yeah, it's, it's ninety-three. Who the fuck? Yeah. I, nobody on this island can justifiably call someone else a nerd. You're either a dinosaur nerd or you're a computer nerd. Those yeah, are your it, options. It was Tim making fun of his sister, so it was like little teasing stuff. Fair. Uh, just to establish that. Uh, so once we introduce the kids, we go on the tour, and another great scene, which is just the tour, fucking sucks because it's a zoo and zoos are boring. <laughs> i absolutely would not go here if this was a real place like yeah. you know you're gonna go and you'd be on this tour and you'd see no dinosaurs because they're not always it's like it's like when you go to the zoo and you're like all right let's go see the lions right and then they're all like hiding behind rocks or asleep and you're like oh yeah the park i know a noob called this out but like the park sucking is like the best part yeah. of this whole movie <laughs> like yeah it just not working as a park is great. Like the idea of it's very cool, but the park itself is terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a perfect comparison to Westworld, which Westworld seems dope. Like Westworld looks awesome. Uh, and Jurassic Park looks shitty as fuck. Yep. I mean, yeah, yeah we, wait, Westworld's great, right? You'd go, right? Yeah, go to Westworld would never go to Jurassic okay. Park. Yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Like, Westworld would be the coolest fucking place to go. Yeah. And Jurassic Park is just, like, the worst. And it's, it's honestly zoo. the least believable part of these later movies is when they're like, oh, yeah, Jurassic World is a place that people go. And I'm like, <laughs> why? Why would they do that? Yeah. It- I get the idea that kids would want to go. Because if kids are like, kids are like, what kid have you met that wasn't at some point into dinosaurs? You know what I mean? Like it's believable but yeah it's just like but it's also it would be so expensive to go yeah, and to so get to this island that it's like disney makes sense for a place where people could go because it's in florida or it's in california and it's like you're not having to take a helicopter to your jet to a helicopter to get to this island or like a boat like a long boat journey right. or something like you can just go to it so nobody would like this would just be for rich assholes yeah it, it's terrible and the people hate it and they immediately find an excuse to hop out of the ride, which is not locked down or safe in any way and run into one of the dinosaur paddocks. Yeah. 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 I told you, this is the, I told you we should have put locks on those doors, which is insane. Just fucking wild. Like clearly he's pinched so many pennies because his fucking ride is Jeeps attached to a track. He couldn't yeah. even be bothered. It's not even like a fucking trolley system or anything. Like, you know, the thing that has been in theme parks forever. It's yep. two Jeeps attached to a track. Okay. Yep. Choices. Choices. It's, it's so good. We are now working with one of the staff to diagnose a sick triceratops, right? Like, that is... Yeah, they, they see... So Grant sees the six Triceratops. They go out to see the six Triceratops. Laura Dern uh, jumps into a pile of shit 
uh, and they don't figure out what's going on with the Triceratops, but um, there's an incoming storm, so everybody decides to go back except Laura Dern, who goes back with one of the park officials. She wants to stay with the Sick Triceratops for a while. So, I so just, the rest... I'm so curious about this. Like, what makes Laura Dern even remotely qualified? Yeah. She's a botanist, right? So she's she deals with plants. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense that what, any how of would them she, know she's not, what that doesn't translate dinosaurs. to a fucking dinosaur vet. Not even a vet translates to a dinosaur vet, but like even further away would be a botanist. Right. So very interesting and and this is a great transition to just talking about Sattler's like inconsistent characterization cuz like 10 minutes earlier she's in a car with Dr. Malcolm and he's explaining chaos theory to her and talking to her like she's a fucking infant and she still doesn't get it. She's like, I don't understand. I'm like, you're a paleobotanist. I know math was one of your fucking prereqs, Laura Dern. You understand this. Don't play me like that. You go from expert paleobotanist to kindergarten level, kindergarten level math education to now I understand how to take care of triceratops. What's going on here? Arguably, it should be Dr. Grant who is the one being like, oh, I wonder what's going on with this dinosaur. Why is it so sick? Because at yeah. least he observes dinosaurs in some way, right. shape, or form. Yeah, it would make way yeah. more sense. Do we ever get a payoff for why the dinosaur is actually sick? I don't think we do. I thought originally, like, remembering the movie, I thought he was sick because they were indicating that she was pregnant. Um, I thought so too. But Same. That, that is that not didn't it. Happen. Yeah, that is not it. This is like yeah. a Berenstein Bears. Yeah, exactly. Um, we do get the <laughs> big pile of shit scene um, from this moment, where yeah. Ian Malcolm struts up way too sensually to a lot of poop. Yep. But yeah, now like now the movie is like about turning, to break bad. Right. Exactly. Like yeah. turning to from like sci-fi into like the horror horror aspect. And uh, shit starts going wrong. Yeah, I, I we kind of skipped over the scene earlier, but uh, they established Dennis Nedry is going to try to steal embryos from the island right. at the beginning and of the movie. Throughout the whole first hour, they are planting the seed that a tropical storm is coming and stuff might need to get cut short. And that is accelerating his plan. So he starts his sabotage while they're still out on their ride. Um, and... The tr- jeeps on the track break, and then all of the systems start mm. failing. Sorry, I had to Google it. We don't find out why the Triceratops is sick in the movie, but apparently in the book, um, it's described that the triter- Triceratops digest food by eating small stones. And in the original book, upon the fi- upon which the film is based, we find out that the stone Stones and seeds are too close to poisonous West Indian lilac berries. So when the dinosaur replaces the stones every six weeks, it simultaneously picks up some of these berries and is poisoned again. But they call it like... So they mention that in the movie, but they say like, no, that's not what she's eating. We know she's not eating that. But in reality, that's actually... Yeah, it is not the berries in the movie. Like, oh, whatever. I don't know why you would change that. That would be totally gratifying and it would make her character more relatable that she's like identifies the plant knows it's poisonous and whatever this moment is apparently the remnants of a deleted scene which was filmed but never made the final film which is which would have explained the reason that the dinosaur was sick okay oh, there you go 
So we, um, we did have to have the seatbelt scene, but not the payoff to this scene. Right. Yeah, I'm like so curious why, like who the fuck watched this movie, like the final edit and her life was like, still this was sense. it. We totally tied up all the loose ends. I mean, we've been raving about the movie, so they did a decent job. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let this one slide. Um, no, no, fantastic film. Picking, picking at strings here. Um, yeah, so since the storm is coming, Nedry... Um, has to act quicker and shuts down all of the park systems to be able to get to the embryos, um, which he's going to sell for an insane amount of money to uh, essentially make up for what he thinks he's, he's earned um, since building this park. Right. Yeah. And he's rushing to do that. He strands everybody on the ride while he's doing that. Uh, so they get stranded outside of the T-Rex enclosure. Uh, and we get the first big monster reveal, I suppose, of, uh, of the T-Rex uh, coming in. A classic scene that is used forever, still used to this day whenever a big monster walks up, which is the glass of water on a surface that vibrates as the giant monster gets closer. That's yeah. like cinema history right there, frankly. They <laughs> but, did it a uh, lot of times in this film also. Yeah, they do They do it at least twice with the T-Rex. It's like, you think these people would feel it. Yeah. You, they, by the time it's at the point where it's shaking your water, you'd absolutely feel it. Yes. And after the first time it happens, you would be hyper aware of that shit happening because the first time it happens is when we see the T-Rex, right? Yeah, that's what we're yeah. talking about. So, like, the other times that you hear it or feel it, you would absolutely have that, like, fight or flight, like, oh, fuck, I'm about to get fucked up again. I gotta get out of here. You know what I mean? I mean, they just do it twice, and it's with two different characters, so it works. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's no, just uh, the, they do it twice. I feel like they do it twice to the same characters. I no, like they do it twice. with the water, and then they do it with the footprint with the water in it when they're picking up Malcolm and it's Sattler and the big game on her. Yeah. So the first time, wait, is it the first time we see it when they have those two glasses of water on the dashboard of the truck? Yeah. Inexplicably two yeah. cups of water on the dashboard of the truck. And that's the lawyer and the two kids. They're the only people who see that. Okay. And then later we see it with, uh, it happens with works. the Jello. It happens with the kids with the Jello. No, the Jello is the Jello is. She's so scared, she starts shaking. Oh, I thought it was the yeah. Velociraptors can't shake a glass of water; they're too stealthy. Mm, that's probably true. Yeah, they, um, they have a plus eight to stealth. The one thing I forgot about this scene, which I think is also an incredible payoff, is the goat. So they like preface that they're trying to attract the T Rex by putting a goat there. And then it doesn't get eaten. And when they get stranded, it's still there. And then when this is all happening, um, the the his granddaughter, I can't remember her name, turns and goes, where's the goat? And then the T-Rex busts through. And it's like, that's good. Yeah, it's a good move. It's a I solid. Thought, I have a logistical question. So sure. the first scene in the whole movie, taking it back, we get the Velociraptor right in that like little ass cage. Yep. It's just one Velociraptor. Uh-huh. So where are all the other velociraptors? Aren't there three? Oh, yeah. oh sorry. There's multiple velociraptors in that enclosure. And it's there's the three. They they established that there are multiple velociraptors prior to that. However, the most recent velociraptor that they introduced oh. killed everything but 
two other velocity. Okay, I remember that. So yeah. they're all in that tiny ass enclosure. Mm-hmm. You'd think that they would anyone at that park that was there would have been like, "Hey, that seems cruel." Yeah. Like it's why bother 90s. having? Why bother having? I'm sure, the you get a bit of a, a god complex if you bring stuff back from the dead. Yeah. No, yeah, that'll happen. That will happen. Also, the T Rex. Where does he come from? Does he come from that like pit that's right over that fence? Because the pit goes really far down. Well, I think they set it up where it's like the cars are far apart. It comes in between them, and then one of them is like a wall. So then there's probably some, like, area. You don't really get to see much of, like, the enclosure. Yeah, because, like, like, once he's through the fence, where I'm assuming he was on the other side of this fence, once he's on the side of the fence, then you look down and it's, like, this massive fall. And you're like, how the fuck did that T-Rex get up? No, I think there's more to the enclosure than we get to see. Okay, yeah, if the t- I, if the enclosure at any point is is short enough that that can just he could just hop over that fence, then it was too short to begin with. I don't think he. There's a portion of the enclosure that is flush with where the T Rex would come up. Yeah, and then the other car is further back, next to the point where it, it, there's a drop off. So they're just banking on the fact that those electrical wires will shock this dinosaur into staying into its pen yeah exactly that's like the whole failing is like you think it's so easy that you just put electric wires i wouldn't even trust our dogs with an electric fence anywho great scene anyways yeah t-rex shows up fuck shit up uh eats the lawyer eats the lawyer injures malcolm and then forces the kids into the park essentially with uh dr hammond so the 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 jeep all the jeep stuff is pretty pretty well staged this action scene of the the kids getting stuck in the sinking jeep and getting pushed around and like grant helping them out and moving around the dinosaur i thought in terms of like making an action scene surrounding a dinosaur like this is really well done yeah i think it's done so well because like it distracts you this is our first a lot of the movie has animatronics for the dinosaurs when you get close-ups this is a full cgi t-rex except for when it's pushing the car around and stuff so like it distracts you from that and makes it focus in on like very little things like the eye or its nose as opposed to it being like just the dinosaur like fucking shit up outside right Um, right so it works way better if any of you guys haven't seen VFX artists react, it's like one of my favorite channels on YouTube. It's Corridor Digital. Uh, it's just a bunch of visual effect artists reacting to visual effects. And they do have an episode where they discuss like Jurassic Park. And a lot of the choices they made to make this all the staging more believable and like all the lighting more believable for these scenes. Uh, they do a lot. And with the T-Rex, there's like a lot with the lighting where they specifically having it set while it's raining makes it easier to create a believable t-rex because it's like Uh, wet skin or like shiny skin and stuff exactly shiny skin single light source like so you don't have to do as much modeling on how light would reflect off of it yeah there's a lot to it that makes the scene very good uh also it's just a really good scene though so i recently rewatched the twilight movies because i'm a basic bitch and the new book came out and it's shocking to me that the last twilight movie has that like cgi baby in it that's like literally the worst thing that i've ever seen in my entire life and by that point the twilight series was huge probably had a lot of budget to work with and i'm like i was watching this t-rex thinking like 
this is 18 times better and this is from 93 and that's just embarrassing for Twilight. Yeah, it's just all those right. choices to make it like when you're working with the constraints, you'll make a better product. Whereas if we're just like, well, we'll just CGI the whole baby. Yeah. Well, so a few <laughs> things about that. One, uh, when you know you're going to do something as CGI from the beginning, you stage your shots in a certain way. And if you plan ahead of time, it's way easier to make them look believable. Uh, which is relevant to Twilight because there was a real thing there. There was an animatronic baby, and yeah. it was more disturbing. It's than terrifying. The CGI baby. It's like straight up fucking Chucky. It's yeah, scary. So they they had to CGI over it because it was too fucked up, uh, and that's why it's so shitty. Because none of the shots are like staged in such a way that yeah. like made it amenable to CGI. They really could have just done a regular ass baby. We did not need to. We didn't need the baby to look so much like Kristen Stewart. Also, just. That is actually the most legitimate horror element of Twilight. Like, a, a story about vampires and werewolves, the fact that she gets pregnant, delivers in, like, what? Like, a few months, right? It's it's not very it's long. It's, like, that she, maybe weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It almost kills her, and then it rapidly ages. That's, like, that's legit. <laughs> that is the plot of Alien. Um, so. Yeah, it's spooky. It, it's pretty fucked up. And then her best friend, Falls in love with her baby. So weird. Those books are so fucked up. We have to do Twilight at some point. Just because there's so much. Well, yeah, we'll do Low hanging fruit. Let's, let's, (laughs) we. Sorry, I derailed us. Let's accelerate to when Malcolm gets rescued. He's gravely injured. The kids survive after an incident with the Jeep getting out of the, the, um, out of the tree. Let's yeah. accelerate to the people at the visitor center are formulating a plan to get the power back on so they could uh, protect the enclosures, call people because the phones are out, etc. And then Hammond and them are working on their way back. And we get the plan to go basically flip the breakers Um because they need to reset the whole system to turn on the computer. I just the forgot. Computer. I know we've mentioned Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie, but I that was something that I did not remember at all. Yes, I had also forgotten that Samuel L. Jackson was in this movie. And he's to a say, pretty Hold on big your character. Yeah, yeah, he's, like, pretty big he's character. a pretty big character, and I did not remember it at all. Oh, yeah. All right. God damn it. Do we want to talk about Nedry's fleeing scene? Because I think that's pretty iconic as oh, well. That's, that's like the most legitimate horror moment in the movie. So Nedry flees. Uh, it's in the rain. He uh, fucks up and crashes into a sign. So he doesn't know the right way to the docks. He gets lost on the way to the docks. Uh crashes into a ditch because he can't see because he has bought just no way of clearing off his glasses he's just such a such a small man in this movie yeah so incapable of doing anything right i believe uh the actor voices the same guy in toy story 2 essentially like that that he's he's the voice actor for the main antagonist of toy story 2 the weird toy collector and in my head they're the same character yeah they're equally just like small people who can't handle the world and get easily flustered uh so he crashes into a ditch uh falls down that that falling down that whole like waterfall area is just like one of those sense memories i talked about it last week with casper where i was like there's just some things that stick in your head like this whole scene is just stuck in my head it makes me very 
how weak he is in this scene makes me very uncomfortable in a way that I can't explain. Like, it's just like, oh, it's just so, like, pathetic. How it's just, like, futile, killed. like, and you yeah. know it, and, like, you know it's going to go poorly, but... Yeah. I think I, my sense memory, my biggest sense memory from this movie is, and I know this is going to be a weird thing to choose, is the shaving cream bit. Like, when he's at the beginning of the movie, you were setting the... He's, like, got the shaving cream bottle, and that's where he's going to sneak out the DNA or whatever. Like, yeah. I vividly just remember that. And I don't know why. And I think it's because, I don't know if you guys did this when you were children, but uh, in elementary school, at the end of the year, we'd, like, clean our desks, but we'd use shaving cream. And it was, like, a sensory exercise. It's, like, when you're, like, really little. And you'd, like, use shaving cream on the desks. And so, like, every time I've seen shaving cream since I was in elementary school, like, maybe kindergarten, maybe first grade, I think of that, like rubbing it on a desk so i think that's yeah. why that always stuck what me. happens it's, in upstate new york with education i know you know bags we'd of all milk. pop into our bagged milk and then we'd fill our desks with shaving cream <laughs> well we got interrupted yeah a little little interruption there i'm pretty sure i was in the middle of saying fucking insane so wherever you choose to cut it i think leave it on a cliffhanger well let's just you know i'll just sum it up uh you know we we were just doing the normal thing that we do on this podcast, which is make fun of Colleen's childhood. Well, it's it's not it's our everything. fault your childhood was wrong. Yeah, well, the podcast is specifically everything you, Colleen, remember. Oh, yes. <laughs> that The you is not the listener. It is Colleen. You're right. Uh, in this case. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And that was in your contract. So, I should have put uh, that into the design of the logo, you know? Yeah. So we're to the point of hours of recording this podcast, which, yeah. A lot of it will be cut out, though. It, it happens. Like, I think there was something in the area of 40 minutes of dead time there. So, so what are we, we'll fix where, that. where are we? We had, Dennis what? Nedry has been killed by tiny dinosaurs that spit in Okay, your eye. and that was definitely the scariest It's part. the scariest scene in the That's whole definitely movie. the scene. Like, that's scarier yeah. than the T-Rex, for sure. No, I don't think the T-Rex is scary. I think the two scary scenes are that scene and the velociraptors in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and we get the great tragedy of the play that the Barbasol container containing the dinosaur embryos is lost in the rainwater, never to be found again. So, the whole... Everything that happens in this movie happens for no reason, essentially. Yep. <laughs> because Dennis Nedry has fucked everything up. Yep. Typical Newman. We are back here because I'm pretty sure that happens like right around the T-Rex scene. And I was like, let's jump ahead to them trying to turn the power back on. Right, right, Because right. we forgot to talk about Dennis. Right. So let's talk about them going to turn the power back on. Samuel goes to... Uh, try and flip this like switch he takes forever and then i have a question do people really smoke their cigarettes down to like that like do you smoke it until it disappears oh, yeah there's a little fun fact actually uh samuel L. jackson was just paid in a pack of cigarettes for the movie but part of his contract was that he had to finish <laughs> it all before he left the set ah, <laughs> so, okay yeah that he was made the most of that exactly so he's just smoking it down that was his whole pay for the for the movie like i was like it's getting to the yellow part and i don't know much about smoking cigarettes but i was like i feel like you're, you shouldn't get to the yellow part why not i don't know why would it be i feel yellow? like that must have been a nightmare for continuity like to yeah. to have a constantly lit cigarette in every scene just yeah he probably smoked so much <laughs> just an obscene amount yeah because like people smoked cigarettes right during filming things yeah 
They don't anymore, though, right? I mean, if the person is a smoker in the scene, then... But they probably smoke, like, cloves or something when they need to now. Yeah, that's what they did on Mad Men, because, like, people would be dead already if yeah. that show, yeah. those people were actually smoking. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so they decide to reboot the system, but they have to head over to the park's e- emergency bunker, which is conveniently not too far away from the Velociraptor bed. Uh so Sattler and uh, Samuel L. Jackson go to do that uh, together. Or rather, sorry, Samuel L. Jackson goes first Yep, and doesn't return. And then Sattler and Muldoon, the game hunter, decide to go. Together. Exactly. Do we right. get an understanding as to why the Velociraptor cage is open? It, well, it is open. The no, door's but... not open, but it's no longer electrified, so they got out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like just like somehow open because I thought at one point they were like the Velociraptor pen is still holding or something. But yes, yes. When they walk past, so when Sattler and Muldoon walk past it, they see like some of the metal things yeah, on the okay. top are no. torn open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we Which get they like kind of they set up earlier because Muldoon says like, oh, the dinosaurs are testing the Velociraptors are testing the fences. Right. So it stands to reason that the second that fence went down, they probably tested it and got out. Yep. Yeah. And then we get the split up of them two because it turns out that they're being tracked by the Velociraptors. Sattler goes into the bunker and Muldoon stays above. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we get pretty t- two pretty iconic scenes here. Yes. Where, yeah. Yes. So Sattler goes down and reboots the system. And then is attacked by a velociraptor that is in the same building as her and accidentally finds uh, Samuel L. Jackson's arm in in a series of wires, (laughs) tangled in a series of wires. Uh, And she does manage to escape the building afterwards. Meanwhile, Muldoon delivers the one of the most iconic lines from this movie as he battles the other two velociraptors. Uh, He gets outflanked and he he delivers clever girl. Which is truly one of the best lines of the movie, and it works just as well now. Yep, and gets mauled to death. Yeah, by Velociraptors. I think Clever Girl and the uh, lawyer getting consumed by the tyrant, uh, the T Rex in the bathroom, are like the most iconic deaths in in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Are they the only? No one else dies. Nedry is the other death. Yeah. So I guess those three deaths are very iconic, and they are the three deaths. Samuel L. Jackson get killed off screen, unfortunately. So. Yeah, bummer. Yeah. And as she's fleeing from the bunker, we get reunited with, um, why am I blanking on his name? You're asking the wrong gal. Sam Neill, whatever his doctor. Grant? Dr. Grant, thank you. I kept wanting to say Ammon, and I was like, well, I know that's wrong. Yeah. Um, they get reunited. There's some hijinks while they're still out in the park at night of meeting a brachiosaurus and getting electrocuted which i'm pretty sure would kill a small child like that but yeah for sure miraculously for sure. gets cpr back to life yeah very yeah. high voltage he would not survive. i want to live in a world where movie cpr exists yeah that's not how cpr works folks um it's it's fine again it it is just meant to show that he is warming up to the idea of kids yeah, yeah. Um, oh by saving his life by giving 
Um, warm, I guess no, I'll warm up to I, this kid by giving him CPR. I meant the whole, his whole set of scenes overnight. Like, Yeah, I think the overnight tree scene is where they build up that like, oh, he yeah. actually kind of likes these kids. Yeah. Uh, the fence scene is more just for drama's sake. Uh, it is kind of interesting that they do choose to electrocute the kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's Zap a him off the fence. Yeah, I know. It's very 90s. It's like really violent towards children. And you're just like, oh, I didn't know we could do that. Um, like, the kids in the Jurassic World don't really get hurt. They get in danger, but certainly none of, they're never like actively dead. I mean, they were doing CPR on that kid. He was like actively dead for a moment. <laughs> yeah. They, they beat the yeah. shit out of these kids. Cause... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's not even there. his last scary bit, right? Like no. he's then has to go confront the Velociraptors. Yeah, so they get this poor kid. He's already almost been crushed in a car twice, and then now he gets electrocuted by a fence, and then he's yeah. I think I can say what go. we were all thinking, which is that's what he gets for being such a fucking goober. Though. Yep. So yeah, it's fine. that's fair. Um, yeah, but if you could choose, okay, if you could choose which goober. The redhead from Barney or this kid would have to go through all those things. Would you have swapped out the redhead? Uh, this movie would have been way worse if the redhead was in it. So obviously this goober, this goober is within reasonable standard deviations of gooberness. Like he's, he's an acceptable goober. I think his character is to be a goober. The redhead is just not good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. True. And they make it back to the visitor center after being resurrected and everything is calm for a bit, right? Like they're trying to reboot stuff. Is this when the kids start eating or do we get the scene yeah, where the velociraptors the, almost get in first? Uh, I think this is when they start eating. Yeah, um, the, the adults confer in the command center and the kids yeah. start having dessert. Um, like they, okay, and this is another unrealistic bit, like, if these children, these children would not be off on their own. They would not feel like they were safe. These adults shouldn't be letting these children off on their own. Y'all just got almost attacked by many dinosaurs. Fucking stay together. Like, don't leave these children unattended. So irresponsible. Right, right. Well, it, it, so we we got the timeline a little wrong here. So. Grant gets the kids to the visitor center and leaves them there to go look for Sattler. Mm, so okay. he's only stepped out to go find Sattler. Um, and so in this period of time, Grant finds Sattler and then Grant and Sattler come back for the kids while the kids are being chased around the kitchen. Yeah. Um, Even more irresponsible. Gotcha. And yeah, we get the very iconic scene with the kitchen where... It's like the Velociraptors hunting the kids, and it's just super suspenseful. Such a good scene. Great scene. Mm -hmm. um, we got the Jello scene before this, where she sees the Velociraptor as they're eating all of their treats. Um, yeah. Also, what you have all those treats in front of you, and you're going to eat fucking green Jello? Bad choice. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to comment on that. Um, Jello is such an interesting choice in general. I mean, the ice cream is gone, so I'll give you that. The ice cream soup at this point in time. Yep. Did it? Did he have to eat all that ice cream? It would have it's stayed like, fine if they kept the freezer closed. It's a lot of ice closed. cream, right? Yeah, if you keep the freezer closed and you have all that ice cream insulating all the other ice cream, I think you're okay. Yeah, pretty bad grandparent. Like, I'm just going to eat all this this ice cream. My children can't have any of it. Yeah. Well, maybe well, it's like my grandparents are dead. Or her grandkids are dead. Her grandkids are, are dead, so. dead. Yeah, they were consumed by a T-Rex. Right. So. Mm, um, 
we didn't mention two things because and i want to get to them because we're pretty much in the like final climax in the escape yeah, sequence we're in the end um, game now grant finds the sh- eggshells of dinosaurs out in the wild as they're surviving the night yeah um that's the one failing and they put it together that it's like frog dna and then the other one is the only contingency plan they have for the park is they're going to deprive the dinosaurs of lysine in their diet. And they're like, well, that'll take weeks for them to starve off. And I just love that. It's just like their contingency plan is just a non-starter for if yeah. stuff goes wrong. Like just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. The, the lysine plan is not a great plan in the first place. It's like essentially just like if they get off the island they will starve because they won't have enough lysine or they'll die from lysine deficiency is the thought. Right. right? But like, like how many thousands of people could they kill in the meantime? Well, the thing about these is these don't behave like normal animals or predators. Cause like a predator kills something, eats it and then doesn't hunt for a period of time. Right? Like these things just kill indiscriminately. Like in reality, those lassoopters maybe would have ate samuel l jackson and then they would just hide because they right. have no reason to kill all these people like they yeah, don't... that's true yeah that's but, they're, but... but we forgot that the dinosaurs are all horny for blood because we've deprived them of hunting oh yes they do have blood horniness so yeah. that is difficult yeah yeah Hate that'll that. last a while once, once you get once you get that sort of murder boner what are you gonna do yeah um but yeah i just wanted to mention that because i think those were like again i don't think anything except the fucking west indian lilac doesn't get paid off in this movie so um, yeah yeah uh so, so yeah we they, have the incredible the, the kitchen scene is just so good i love that yeah. scene they get out and then they're all in the control room and we get the hacker mo- hacker girl payoff as they're trying to bar the door shut and she knows how to turn the system back on yep. and lock lock them out yeah super dumb but fine and then they they climb up into the ceiling, which is pretty cool. Uh, guns are just shockingly not effective against these dinosaurs. In if a way you that's... blasted a Velociraptor with a shotgun close range, it would die. It would die. It would die. It's not armored. Like, right. It's not like, it's like the, a robot the whole dinosaur. start of the movie. They're like, and we made them resilient and bulletproof. And yeah. <laughs> no, they're just animals. This Velociraptor can work a gun. Why did you do that? Well, you know. In retrospect, maybe wasn't a good idea. I mean, that is Jurassic World, almost. Yeah, right? Um, uh, but yeah, we get the, they escape through the vents. We get one last... Or we get a couple more tense moments where they jump up um, and almost make their way into the vents they're crawling through. They end up on this big fossil exhibit that they're setting up in the visitor center. Um, and the velociraptors are jumping all over it. Everything falls. Our four five people who are still left alive all get cornered no it's not even hammond and malcolm went and got a jeep it's just the just the uh the four right the kids just the, the four two yeah yeah, okay. yeah hammond and malcolm are gone yeah uh, hammond and malcolm have called for help and are driving a jeep to them right but they have to get out of the visitor center yep and they're cornered in the visitor center and then at the last moment the t-rex comes in and eats one of the velociraptors right. and draws the attention of the other one. Yeah. Uh, you know when The Force Awakens came out and everybody just said, oh, it's it's a new hope again? Uh-huh. Yeah, Jurassic World is the same shit, and I don't feel like enough people gave it credit for that. Or 
didn't give it credit for it because jurassic world does so much shit from this movie it's like just like paint by numbers it's jurassic park again and it's first of all why the fuck would they ever open they would never open this park again no 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 insane it's the same universe right like that is sensibly yeah yeah. it'd be one thing if they rebooted it and they were like we're redoing jurassic park right like so we're pretending that this has never existed before but no they're like yeah this didn't work out the first time but the second time we got it yeah it's like a soft reboot because i I, they don't acknowledge the sequels to jurassic park right it's just like the original jurassic park happened and that's it no Um, they get because one of the fucking things is they get jeff goldblum to do a cameo and say how bad of an idea it is and his whole shtick is in the second movie he's the protagonist like, I've never seen any of the other The ones. second one is when they get the T-Rex, or like they, they're off the island, and then they bring a T-Rex as like a weapon or something to San Diego, and then it gets loose and terrorizes the city. Right. Yes, which is loosely based on the second Jurassic Park novel, The Lost World. I don't think it has very much to do, like, I don't think they really acknowledge those movies in Jurassic right. World. But yeah. like, in... An isolated incident from, like, an eccentric billionaire, you can maybe cover up. In the universe where T-Rex destroys a city? Yeah, not gonna be, not gonna just make a new park. You're not getting a new park, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. it'd be kind of like having a park where terrorists are the main attraction. (laughs) You know how this thing destroyed a city? Anyways, we have it in a pen now, so it's pretty cool. And we made them bigger. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I, I don't criticize Jurassic World for doing the like bigger fish payoff. I feel like so many things do that where it's like, oh, well, the monster gets got by another monster and you get yeah. to escape. But when you are making a movie in the same franchise and you do the exact same fucking bit. Yeah, it's kind of lazy. Yeah. Yeah. At least, you know, Star Wars had the the power to just do it in the middle of a movie right. and have no con, just a totally meaningless scene where a monster gets eaten by a bigger monster that has no impact on the plot at all. So um, wild. Um, yes. So they escape from the island. Movie ends kind of abruptly, I'll say. Just like stops. But then I'm kind of glad it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's just no, like, I'm so glad there's no like come down from escaping the island and Hammond like Hammond looks like a nice little bow that they wrap it up and they say, these are the life lessons that we learned. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. Hammond looks Whatever. distressed. Obviously no one really consequential has died. Like the families are intact. Ian Malcolm is alive. That's all we can care about. Um, so it's, I like that it just ends because there isn't like the lesson has already been told. Like you don't right. need to explain to the audience what happened. Like, everyone gets it, so just get off the island and cut the movie, directed by Steven Spielberg. What's the very last scene? Them flying away? They drive away to the helipad, and yeah. No, they're, they're, yeah, they're just in the helicopter. Oh, okay. Away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, and it doesn't give you any stingers, right, that there's going to be, like, a sequel or anything, or, like, no. that the... This was before the era of stingers, really. Right, because, like, thing. in the book, they do allude to a potential sequel, like, they were like, oh, yeah, there's like some unknown animal eating lysine rich foods like yeah. in mainland Costa Rica or something. Right. Well, in the book, they established that the raptors have gotten onto the boat and they, that they're migrating off the island. 
Mm. They, they imply that dinosaurs have been migrating off the island. Yeah. So this, I just couldn't remember if the movie did that. If I, I, I think there's an arc, about, or there's a plot arc where the like, island has a system for automatically accounting for the dinosaurs on the island. Yeah. However, it stops at the amount Expected that, number. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it won't go higher than that. So it wasn't accounting for the fact that they were breeding. Right, which is a better payoff. Like, the book does some of those small things better, but... Right. I mean, when this is such a good read these books? What? When did you read these books? Ages ago? Like, college or high school? Oh, Matt, I, you must be mistaken. I don't think you existed before you met college. Oh, uh, that's true. Well, no, I'm just curious. Like, you seem to remember so much about no, it. No, I, like, I read I, the Wikipedia for uh, it, obviously. But I also, I just, like, don't retain... Like, if you asked me about a book that I read in high school, I'd be like, fuck if I know. No, I refresh my memory, but it came screaming back to me. Should I read them? Are they good? They're, they're, it's good. It's dry in spots. Like, there's a lot of science and a lot of preachy Michael Crichton, like, fear of the world type messaging, but it's good. Okay. Compared to Casper. Oh, my God. Do you think anyone's ever compared Casper to Jurassic Park? No. No, and you know what? The, the, we're, we're visionaries. Welcome we're to the, the new frontier. Uh, I think in a lot of ways these movies are very similar. Now, I'm not going to list those ways or elaborate in any way, shape, or form. But just, you know, take that with you. Uh, stunning visual effects. <laughs> you're stunned in a different way, but you're still stunned. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh Oh, I think uh, I'm going to give Jurassic Park, like, what did I give it? 0.01. I'm going to give it like 100 Caspers. Maybe 1,000 Caspers. I was going to say 1,000. Yeah, I I think 1,000 Caspers. That may be the first time we've all all agreed. Yeah. Like, it just seems unfair to... For every 1,000 times somebody asked me if I wanted to watch Casper or Jurassic Park, I would choose... Like once every thousand times I might choose Casper. Well, not only is this movie good, <laughs> it is like foundational to movies as us as people born in the 90s and raised <laughs> like every movie like troped this like, yeah, like pulled from this movie. It's like so iconographic well, and also a good movie. It's that's like, the interesting thing, too, is like when something is this iconic it runs the risk of becoming kind of bad over time because now everybody else has done it and theoretically other people have done it better since yeah. then. But in reality, it's it's not only done something... It's not only innovated, it's also done it so well that like I don't think a lot of people have done this better thereafter. Like People have tried, but like I, I don't feel like there is another movie of this genre... That is better than Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so good. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just holds up. Yeah. So, like, I think putting it anything less than a thousand is, like, criminal to this movie being so incredible. I agree. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I think there's one last thing that we have to hit on. Uh, the return of our hit segment, Punch Squad. <laughs> uh you're you're sitting at your desk it's about the end of the day i say 4 30 when uh johnson he walks in with another file for you another target uh you know you're sipping on your lukewarm coffee you're pretty pissed because like 4 30 man you can't bring me a new case at this point in time he drops it on your desk and he taps it he says this is the big one (laughs) and you open it up and of course it's the velociraptor can i just resign (laughs) 
<laughs> this is the job, man. You're in it for the long haul. Punch squat. Velociraptor no, edition. No way. No way. I wouldn't no even way. try it. I'd be like, I quit. I'd sever my hand, put it on a crossbow bolt in a fist, and shoot it at the Velociraptor. That's very creative. I'm proud there of you. There we go. There That's we pretty go. good. I'm keeping a distance. Because you're still, I mean, you're still coming out better than you would if you tried to punch a velociraptor with your whole body like it's either death or if i engage with the velociraptor i am committing to kill the velociraptor because that velociraptor is not letting me go right yeah it's gonna yeah and more accurately to getting killed by the right exactly so that's where it's like i need distance because if i get up close and try and deliver a, a traditional punch sure yeah it's gonna kill you i'm dead yeah yeah, so we have to look into sort of alternative punch technologies. I think that's, I mean, that's fair. I I think it is part of the conceit that your flesh has to be the thing punching. So, oh, but I'm in a universe where cloning exists. Ah, you mm-hmm. get you did. I clone myself. John Hammond up. I call. I clone myself. Kill the clone. Because whatever. But here's the problem. The clone, as a young child, will see the dinosaurs and determine that they're like the clone. <laughs> and so the clone will will empathize more with the dinosaurs than you. Yeah. As we've learned from Jurassic World 2. Well, I didn't, yeah, I what even... about like DNA stuff? Like, could I cl- could, cloning my... Like, are we advanced enough that I could clone myself and some... some I don't need Add the be... DNA a little bit so I'm like part Velociraptor, part that's, human. That's an interesting concept. And I'm then saying, maybe it would accept okay, me as one so of its it, own. It's a Velociraptor, but it has your hands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a Velociraptor See, with human hands. <laughs> I am not... You guys are getting ahead of yourself that I'm going to let this kid live. We never have specified that I can't punch with a baby fist. <laughs> I clone myself. I get a baby fist. <laughs> Bing, bang, boom. Uh, when you clone yourself, are you a baby? Or are you cloning yourself as you are right now? Uh, well, they, in the universe of Jurassic Park, it would be like... It, it would come out as a baby and need to grow up. I forgot what I was saying. Baby no, punches. we established seems... it was a baby. Yeah. Colleen asked, would you grow up? Yeah, so in the universe of Jurassic Park, you would have to raise this clone to adulthood to punch the Velociraptor. Yeah, I guess if you just take both, you just make yourself a clone, you take two baby fists, put them together, and shoot it in a crossbow. That's like pretty good. I still think my plan of, of breeding half human, half Velociraptor could work. Okay. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen we the don't science have proof to prove that otherwise. It, exactly. We don't have exactly. proof that you can't yeah. do it. So that's what I'm going with. For my I, I like Matt's sort of remote punching technology. I think we take advantage of the uh, Velociraptor's natural pro- proclivity to use tools. So I will send the Velociraptor a red box that has a handle on the side. And the Velociraptor innately will, will operate the handle, which will deploy my fist on a spring. And punch the Velociraptor in the face. Genius. Uh, delivering the, the final blow. And it would be I, humiliated that it probably would kill itself afterwards. <laughs> exactly. Perhaps it would. Perhaps it would. Who's to say? Um, or, you know, if, if if killing it is the end goal, then we'll do what we did. they did in the books and napalm the entire island, uh, which I believe is the end of the books. Napalm the entire island with fists. Yeah. Um, can you... In- develop a fist-based napalm would that count <sighs> sort of a fire fist i think most of those involve like focusing your inner key and, and channeling yeah. it into a flame i bet i so. could get a firework shaped like a fist oh call like, up your good friend gandalf the gray <laughs> he'll make a firework in the shape of a fist which but then, fire. then like 
do I have to infuse some of myself into this firework? Like, oh yeah, the firework will be sort of a Horcrux situation. Baby crossbow fist, done. Whatever. <laughs> crossbow fist, get a hook for the hand. That'll also, actually help you. My new band name, but whatever. <laughs> Maybe crossbow fit. <laughs> uh, it'll be my dude D D character. <laughs> I love it. Is it a ranged weapon attack or a melee weapon attack? Well, technically, it's both. <laughs> I, I, it's my best punch squad idea ever. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm proud of you. Um, do we have anything else? Do we? no. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I thought briefly, it's been a long episode, but I was just wondering, what do you guys think you would do if you had to design a Jurassic Park sequel? Well, a sequel, not a park. Not a, not a park, no. We've already established that the park would suck, and the most unbelievable thing about Jurassic World is that people want to go to the shitty park. I don't know. Um, I'm not creative enough to come up with a, a movie plot here. Yeah, I mean, you have several minutes, so figure I it out. think... You could probably do it again with a more research-oriented shtick, like the idea of dinosaurs being able to be studied is too tantalizing, so we reclone them in a different set of circumstances, and essentially just do the movie again. Like to me, that is better than any of the alternatives where it's like this same por- pork, same park has ripple effects where it's like, and then the dinosaurs get off the island, and then we have to go back to the island because we forgot something. Like, I'd rather just, like, do it as a, you know, monster movie again where things are escaping or things mm-hmm. are breaking down. Or do it with, like, a solo velociraptor and do it, like, alien style. Um, but stop making, like, the park the idea that is, like, so infallible that we just can't resist making think- a dinosaur theme park. Yeah, I think maybe my uh, sequel would be less of a, I guess... I guess you could technically consider it a sequel. I don't know. But it would be like a like bringing back animals from different periods of time. Like I, just, I think that would be fun. Like, yeah, okay, I, we did Jurassic. That didn't work out. Let's try another one. I thought about that too, but then it's like, what do you bring back that's scary? Well, I don't think it would have to be scary necessarily. Just because it's not scary. Look, like a mammoth would be scary, right? But it's not necessarily like, it's not, it wouldn't be scary, but it would be technically dangerous. Who just keep it within the universe? I th- I thought it would have to be like horror esque because all of the Jurassic Park movies are like thrillers. Well, you could suspenseful. definitely still come up with a horror story around like different creatures. Saber tooth tigers. Saber tooth tigers, scary. Yeah, I think the 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 problem with it is the natural evolution of this technology is like a little too sci fi. Like, in reality, the danger of the technology is not like, oh, we'll make dinosaurs and therefore they'll kill. It's like once you apply it to humans, that's when it gets problematic. Yeah. So it's like almost as though the natural sequel to Jurassic Park doesn't feel like a sequel to Jurassic Park because it's just about something else. Yeah, just like like, with cloning, a cloning enabled universe. I think, you know, one of you mentioned it earlier in the episode talking about um, the plants. Well, plants, but also like, oh, well, if they had brought back species that humans were the cause of the extinction, like, I think that could be a fun sequel of like the repercussions of bringing back all these species that were only extinct because we fucked it up and like seeing the repercussions that that had on the world. But of course, it would have to be over many, many. It's not like it would immediately fuck up the world. It would be more of a a long con. Right, right. It would be something more 
there's a lot of interesting things you could do, but it would be very different. I think there, there was a, I think, scrapped Jurassic Park idea where they started breeding humans and dinosaurs together uh, and they made a bunch of monsters that way, which sure. is an interesting concept. But it, again, it feels like maybe it was too sci-fi for people yeah. uh, to, to follow and it doesn't fit that traditional thriller format, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But that, 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 that's the area I would go, was just lean into the sci-fi. You can keep it a thriller. It's just whatever you make now has some element of human DNA in it, and that's what makes it dangerous. It's not the Indominus Rex, which is dangerous because it's a Velociraptor and a T-Rex. It's like, God, just, it's just so clearly like a boardroom idea. It's like, oh, if this is dangerous and that's dangerous, what if it was both? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we serve chocolate and vanilla. What if we serve a swirl? Which I think we can all agree is a great idea. That is a good boardroom idea. (laughs) Don't use an incredible idea to (laughs) refute your terrible idea. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I guess I just proved that Jurassic World is a good move. (laughs) I mean, everyone loves the swirl. Or the swirls are bad, which we all know is not accurate. They're so good. So good. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, let's all get some ice cream. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Everything You Remember Sucks. I almost forgot the name of our podcast. And do you like scary movies? And see. <laughs> <laughs>